This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am so glad that you are here uh, and that you are joining us as we work our way through the encyclical Charity and Truth by Pope Benedict XVI. We are in chapter four today of six chapters, so we're getting closer to the end of this. I've enjoyed the study of this, as I hope you have as well. As I was preparing this podcast, I went outside to drink some tea and just ponder on the subject today. I observed my neighborhood. I live in a dense, uh, densely populated neighborhood. And as I looked around, I saw the houses, and I wondered, how are we doing as a neighborhood? I've been getting emails lately from my son's teachers with progress reports in them, and I wondered, you know, how's my son doing in school? And it also creates some very interesting conversations as well. But then uh, I wondered, as I was looking at the neighborhood, uh, thinking about uh, justice and charity, Within the neighborhood, how was my neighborhood doing? What does our progress report say? Well, here are some of the examples of justice and charity in the neighborhood that I live in. The the night before, there was a homeless man who had come onto our property, and I live in shared housing, and there was a homeless man who came onto our property, and he had run into one of my housemates. And one of the housemates invited him into the house to take a shower, then fed him a pretty good dinner. Then with my skills as a case manager, I got the man connected to an organization who specializes in housing and wraparound services for homeless veterans because he was a veteran. Then another housemate knew of a safe place for the man to sleep and drove him there. So you see, uh, we use the skills we had whether it was cooking, connecting, driving, and we helped this man right where we were. Another neighbor of mine uh, has excellent gardening skills and has a large garden to feed their family. However, they don't stop there. Uh, They grow food out by the street and really abundant uh, vegetables out by the street and invites others to pick freely from them. Another neighbor does the same thing. So you see, my neighbors are bringing charity and justice right where they are with the skills they have. And that is what I'm getting at in these podcasts is you can do those kinds of things. However, as a society and world, we need to go much deeper into uh, deeper issues. And Pope Benedict XVI helps us uh, with this as we cover chapter four today. Uh, Pope Benedict XVI brings out in this chapter the balance between the uh, development of people, the environment, and the development of families. 
And he says you cannot sacrifice one for the other. They all must be valued simultaneously. So we're looking again at the development of people, the development of the environment, and the development of families. <clears throat> and with the development of people comes certain rights that human have, humans have. And something we don't talk a lot about in this discussion on rights, you know, inerrant rights that we have as humans and then supposed rights. One thing we often don't talk about is that rights that we claim to have are preceded by duty. Are preceded by duty. So there is a duty, and then from that comes a right. So a duty to speak the truth. And then from that comes the right to free speech. Uh, a duty to, um, you know, uh, for example, a duty to hold the government accountable. Therefore, you have the rights that come with that and so on. I was just picking out some things off the top of my head, but you kind of get the idea there. And then one thing you must understand when it comes to human rights is that no right is isolated to an individual. In other words, in order for something to be a true human right means that it is uh, universal. It applies to everybody. So like the right to free speech, the right to, to whatever. Now, if we had like, okay, the right to own a really big house, that wouldn't be a real right because it's not universal. If, nor do that, you'd have to guarantee that everybody gets a free house. That's impossible. It gets a huge house. That's impossible. So, you know, we got to be careful. Human rights are, indiv are, are not individualistic. They are universal in their application and they come with duties attached to them. Now, the Pope brings out how developed countries claim arbitrary rights that aren't really essential and how underdeveloped countries don't even have food, clean water, or access to jobs. So, in America, we may say we have the right to guns. It does say that in the Constitution, but it doesn't say that anywhere else in history or in the Bible or anywhere. But we have the right to guns. We have the right to, you know... Name it. To drink alcohol. I think that's one of the rights, I believe, in the in the amendments to the Constitution. Whatever. Uh, <clears throat> but then you look at countries where there's not enough food to get through a day, where a widow and her children have to live on one bowl of rice for a week, where there's no clean water in that country, so there's diseases living in the water, and they have no access to clean water. They don't have access to good jobs, to good wages. You see, you see the disparity there? So we got to be very careful when we're naming our rights and claiming and saying we have these rights. Make sure, first of all, they're not arbitrary rights, but they're actual real human rights. And then understand that just because you think you have a right in an affluent country like America... You got to understand that there's people who are just struggling with the very real human rights of access to clean water and food, education, and so on. We've got to we've got to see that we are not an island in the world, but that humans form a family. So we cannot consume all the energy resources on ourselves. We can't consume all the jobs on ourselves 
and so on. And we've got to understand that we are our brother's keeper. We are responsible to ensure that all humans have access to opportunities to thrive. Now, I encourage you to travel internationally if you have not done so. If you're able to travel internationally, I encourage you to do so. It opens your eyes to what is really going on and what the human race is all about. With having traveled internationally and all over the United States, it does open my eyes to see that there is more to life than my little bubble of thought and experience. I remember one time flying into Nairobi, Kenya, into a, a huge international airport in the middle of a very big city. Nairobi is a very big city. Flying into the international airport that comes complete with all the fancy restaurants and all the trappings of an international airport, except one thing, no air conditioning in the airport. I'm, I kid you not, Kenya doesn't have the power grid to support air conditioning. In fact, when you're landing in Nairobi at night, you can just see some of the suburbs and areas of the cities just going black and white and black and white as the lights flicker on and off across whole neighborhoods and sections of the cities. It's because they don't have the power grid. So you go into this international airport where it's hot because it's Africa and you are sweating like a pig. Of course, I don't think pigs sweat, but that's a saying, but you sweating like a pig and uh, just drenched in sweat in this International airport, no air conditioning. So, you know, opens your eyes to like, okay, all these things I have in my home country, they're not necessarily true for everyone. I was helping someone recently get, uh, uh, helping them migrate into the United States from another country, a very poor country. And after a few years of working on this, they finally arrived in the United States and they called me and they said, how do you operate the doors here, Michael? I'm like, operate the doors? What? are you talking about? They said they kept getting stuck in rooms because they couldn't figure out how an American doorknob works. I, you know, showed them. They were freezing at night because, like, how do you turn on the heat? They didn't know how to operate a thermostat. The things we take for granted, but it opens your eyes when you have international exposure to the human experience. And then, too, if you're given to complaining about certain foods or complaining that maybe the waiter or waitress didn't, the server, I think they call them now, didn't serve your food fast enough at the restaurant, go go to Eldrick, Kenya, and look face-to-face -face at a widow who has literally one bowl of rice for her and her children for the whole week. And then get back to America and tell me how bad it is to have to wait a few extra minutes for your food at the restaurant. It really does open your eyes. You know, if you can't travel internationally, at least travel to parts of your country that are different from the part you live in. You know, just stop isolating yourself. Stop living in your little bubble because it causes you to live. When you just live in your little bubble, it causes you to live in a false and narrow belief system where the world is judged by your little island. It also shuts you off from the opportunity to grow as an individual by expanding your sphere. Now, the Pope also mentions within the international community nonprofits and for-profit companies that whose purpose is to help people, charities, huge charities. 
And he says the problem with these huge charities is that they consume a lot of financial resources and end up actually not helping people. So a lot of their resources are spent on administration, on just keeping this massive charity going, and very little to actually helping people. And I could give a lot of examples of this in the years of working with and for these organizations, but especially the Pope says it's the international organizations that supposedly help people but tend to consume such huge resources just exist with little going to the people. Now, here's a very important quote from another Pope that we've mentioned before, Pope Paul VI, who wrote Humana Vitae and other encyclicals. But Pope Paul VI said this, listen to this quote, the peoples themselves have the prime responsibility to work for their own development. But they will not bring this about in isolation. I'm going to say that again. The peoples themselves have the prime responsibility to work for their own development. But they will not bring this about in isolation. So in other words, if we're supposedly helping people develop and helping people in various situations, poverty, hunger, whatever... What Pope Paul VI says is we need to involve the very people that we're supposedly helping. So if you're helping the homeless, you should have homeless individuals or at least people who have been homeless be in leadership in that particular project. If you're helping the hungry, people who have experienced hunger, if you're helping, uh, you know, whatever population group you can think of, uh, in charity, then you need to involve the very people who you're trying to help because they're the ones with the wisdom of how to deal with that situation. They just don't have the resources. So they have the wisdom how to deal with the situation. They just don't have the resources to deal with it. And I've seen so many times where, uh, you know, th- there's homeless projects and not a single homeless person in leadership or at least somebody who's been homeless. Or you see, you know, uh, you know, various institutions, various programs, and there's not a single person from the population you're trying to help. You know, how can you function wisely and properly that way? So the Pope is bringing out... Pope Paul VI, that you've got to involve those people. Now, he says that anything that helps people and the development of people should involve the people that are being helped, as I said. And and we've got to stop this sort of mindset that says, I'm the helper and you're the person that needs help. No. Rather, we need to say we're brothers and sisters here. We're equals. You happen to be in a situation. I happen to have some resources to help you, but we're still equal. We're still still both made in the divine image. You're fully human. I'm fully human. You have joys and struggles. I have joys and struggles. You know, we have the Santa Claus approach, like we're the good Santa Claus coming to help the little children. We've got to knock off that nine, that nonsense and realize that, no, I'm I'm just... A little person going to help another little person. A beggar helping another beggar. Because I've got my own issues to deal with. So we need to stop this condescending attitude when it comes to charity. 
Now, the Pope talks a lot about the development of families as well. Remember, we're talking about the development of humans, the development of families, and the development of the environment. And he talks about a lot about the development of families, and he really, Pope Benedict XVI, mourns the declining birth rates. Of course, a lot of the declining birth rates are brought about by abortion, which abortion just needs to end. It is murder of an innocent child who cannot defend itself. But he mourns the declining birth rates and the crisis that the declining birth rates causes. And so, you know, society should support families. And there's talk about injustice and what this podcast is all about, injustice. It is a tragedy, an absolute injustice of the total lack of support on families in modern society. Not just the lack of support for families, but the outright attack on families. And I will say this as a man, the outright attack on men. I'm so sick and tired of television shows and movies making men look weak and stupid. Okay? The man is so valuable in the home. And our shows, our music, and our movies need to show men who are strong and who care about their families, men who are wise men who are leaders in their homes. It'd be nice if we could get back to that. Society should support families, and a new focus on the value of the family uh, needs to happen. For In the family is where true development of the human person takes place. We wouldn't need all these social work programs we have if families were just intact. Because if families were strong then the parents could develop the children and the children would grow up to be strong, solid, well-rounded adults. But the reason why we have all these social work programs is because the family is in disarray. The whole, I mean, reason why my job as a case manager exists is because men are absent from the homes and the moms have to struggle to try to keep the kids off the streets. And, you know... One of the things I want to bring up, by the way, <laughs> is something that the Pope brings out is in the encyclical is that those who are not ready and in a position to be parents should wait to be parents. Now, he's not advocating for birth control or abortion. And of course, as a Catholic, the Pope is going to say those who are not in a position to be parents should just wait to be parents by not having sex. So people are like, oh, you know, what do we do? You know, birth control, we need that and all that. No, we don't. Just control your passions and don't have sex. You know, if you don't want to have babies that you're not ready to, to raise. The home is the incubator for the development of humans that are whole and strong. That is your job as a parent. Your job as a parent isn't to give your kids the latest video games. It's not to make sure your kids at least once in their childhood get to Disney World. It's not all that stuff. Your job as a parent is to develop your children to become whole and strong as adults. We've got to stop this nonsense of redefining the family and of tearing apart families in our movies, music, and so on. I'm so tired of hearing this 
redefining of the family structure. No, the only family structure that God is cool with is the man and the woman married to each other, having children and raising them together. That's it. The ultimate family that has ever lived was Mary and Joseph raising Jesus, the man married to the woman raising the child. Let me see. And by the way, Joseph was a, was a quiet man. He never speaks in the scriptures. And it's interesting, too, that he has appeared in apparitions with Mary, and he's never spoken in those apparitions. He's a quiet man, Joseph is, but he's a strong leader in his home. And Mary and Jesus knew who the leader of that home was. It was Joseph. But we've got to stop the nonsense of redefining the family and of tearing families apart in our movies and so on. We need to stop making divorce as the norm in our movies and single parents as the norm. That should not be the norm. The family matters. We must get back to being a society where families are supported and thrive. When families in the neighborhood or parish are struggling, the rest of us need to get around them and support them. But too often, families are left alone to die. And every family struggles. But we've got to be around them to support them and bring them through those struggles together as a community. And we also need to ensure that there are plentiful uh, amounts of family wage jobs so that families' needs can be met without them having to struggle. Now, the third and final thing is that's brought out in this chapter of the encyclical is he brings out how we see ourselves is the environment. And he says that how we see ourselves is how we treat the environment and how we treat the environment is how we see ourselves. In other words, the way we're treating the environment is a reflection of who we are. So you hear all these environmental issues that are around the world today. Well, what the Pope says is we treat the earth as a commodity because we see ourselves as a commodity. When we treat the earth with respect, it's because we understand the divine nature that we have ourselves as humans. Because we come from God. Now, there's two nonsensical patterns that we have to stop that we've developed. We've developed these crazy patterns when it comes to the environment. One comes from the liberal side and one comes from the conservative side. And here's the two crazy patterns that we've developed as a society when it comes to the environment is one, we abuse the earth for our selfish interests. Yeah, the earth is whatever. We're just here for a short time. Use whatever, abuse the earth, rape it of its sources, resources for our own self-interest. That's the one crazy pattern we've developed and we've got to knock it off. The other one is, the other crazy pattern is, quote, protecting the earth with policies that stifle human development. I'm really tired of these progressive policies on the environment that <laughs> doesn't allow, it just kills family wage jobs and it just stifles people's ability to thrive. We can't sacrifice humans on the altar of the environment and we can't sacrifice the environment on the altar of human self-interest. So we've got to strike a balance. So 
In closing out today, that leaves us with the question, how do we build a society that involves human development, family, strong families, and allows the environment to thrive without sacrificing one for the other? How can we do all three simultaneously? Well, first of all, we've got to get creative. And I've got five points here. First, get creative. You know, we've been stuck in a rut for too long. And like sheep, we're just going about things sleepily, with going with the flow without thinking or challenging or understanding that there could be something behind the veil that is over our eyes that we haven't tried yet. Second, talk. Get with others and have conversations around these things and listen to each other and collaborate in those conversations. Third, challenge the status quo. Both the liberal and conservative status quo, to find out where we've gone off track. Challenge the status quo, figure out where we've gone off track. Fourth, trust the wisdom of those who are scientists, those who are religious, and those who are common workers. The scientists have things to contribute to the conversation of human development, of the environment, and strong families. Scientists have things to, to uh, contribute to the conversation. The religious have wisdom to contribute to the conversation. And those who are common workers have wisdom to contribute to the conversation and so on. And so do families and so on. Involve, and then fifth, involve those who are affected by underdevelopment. Involve them. The only reason why I understand way things that need done in Kenya, and by the way, some of the projects I have planned are not, they're not status quo at all. They're quite out of the box, so to speak. Why? Because I've taken time to really listen to local people there. I've listened to Africans to hear what Africans think needs to happen in Africa. Here's a novel idea. <laughs> so involve those who are affected by underdevelopment. In the movie, The Shawshank Redemption, by the way, one of my top two favorite movies of all time. In The Shawshank Redemption, there's a scene where Andy and Red are sitting out in the prison yard. And they're leaning against the huge stone wall of the prison. When Andy asks Red if he ever wonders if there is life outside those walls and goes deep into challenging what is presented to them. We need to do that. We need to get back to childlike wonderment and imagination and playfulness. May we truly do this as we create a just society right where we are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through matradayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.